Hello, beautiful. Welcome to Magical Realness, a Blythe Mitrals podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Marie, a multi-hyphenate visionary and the founder of Blythe Mitrals. What you need to know about me is that I'm a little quirky, be spiritual, crazy chatty, and uber passionate about living in true alignment and the art of simpatico. I believe deeply that magic is real, potent, and rooted in choice. Magic is all around us. All you have to do is choose to see it. Dive in with me as we look at actionable steps, conversations, and breakdowns that help you live a magical lifestyle and which serves you. We're currently in the season Reinventing Yourself, a 25-episode spread anchored on guiding creatives, dreamers, and multifaceted entrepreneurs to ground themselves in their own truth while they go through their beautiful transformation of personal expansion, business alignment, and all that wonder in between. These explorations, how-tos, and conversations will help you stand tall stand proud, and stand as the authentic version of you. Let's do this, my friend. Let's dive in with today's episode and reinvent the magical you. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode. It is going to be hmm, juicy to say the least, to say the least. I mean, first off, we have an incredible expander, right? Because that's that's really what we have here on this show. We don't just have guests, we have expanders. And I recommend this expander to um, pretty much everyone that I can think of because I think the way that they go about the brand experience is absolutely exceptional. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, um, about what the fuck is even <laughs> a brand experience and how how you build one and how you embody it, how you embrace it, you know, really what is it that you are inviting people to be in community and be in flow with you about. So, you know, lots of gems, lots of ideas, and just a reminder that, you know, of course we have some answers here, but more than anything else, this is a thinker episode. Okay, so, you know, we're here to inspire you, we're here to give you some, some, yes, some juicy thoughts, um, but also just some juice for the thoughts. Yeah. Um, So our guest is Jess Mazden, and uh, uh, she is an exceptional (laughs) brand designer. Uh, Her brand company is the Wild Craft Studio. Um, She does branding photography, uh, lots of branding design, um, lots of website design, uh, and it's just absolutely exceptional, very much for the grounded, um, earthy, uh, intentional entrepreneur, conscious entrepreneur, um, especially those who are looking to uh, really work with their hands. And I became introduced to Jess's work three years ago, uh, maybe not quite so long, but a while ago, um, she was actually doing the website and the branding for my coach at the time. And so I got introduced to Jess and I just thought it was absolutely gorgeous what she had done. Um, lots of white backgrounds and 
you know, normally I, I'm not super, super into just plain white backgrounds. I think that it's doesn't really have a strong aesthetic or a strong emotion. Um, it doesn't communicate a whole lot. And we want there to be communication. We want there to be a feeling. We want there to be an experience. And I, I was so impressed by the way that she used the white space intentionally, right? Um, so methodically. Uh, it, it just looked so open and so clean. I think when we see a lot of white backgrounds, you know, we kind of look at just like what is, you know, what is clean, you know, what is inviting, what is legible, all of that stuff. But it it actually felt like a vibe. It felt earthy and it felt like Jenna. Um, Jenna Starkey, um, I'm, you know, you could go to her website now and, and see what I'm talking about. Um, but it's just the little elements that she incorporated. Um, it's the, it's the styling, um, it's, it's just the way that she chose to use that as a form of communication that I thought was really cool. And I've been watching her, you know, ever since for, for a very long time. And I think that we very much have a parasocial, <laughs> uh, relationship, you know, uh, who knows, whatever. Um, but I just, I just, I'm rooting for Jess, honestly, I'm just rooting for Jess. Cause I just, I love the way that she shows up and I love the way that she goes about her work. Um, I just feel so connected to it. And I don't think that it's necessarily a me and a Jess thing. I think it's the ability and the power that Jess has. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think definitely pay attention to Jess and pay attention to the way that she's using Instagram. So if you're not following Jess, the Wildcraft Studio, um, if you're not following her online or on Instagram, definitely go there. Definitely check it out and pay attention to her stories. Um, she has some filters. She has, you know, a few things that you can use on there, which is pretty fun. Um, but it's more so just look at what she is creating. L you know, do you feel like you're a part of her world? You know, that that world that we talked about with Crystal, right, in the previous episode. You know, Crystal's another incredible expander. If you haven't listened to that episode, please do, because Crystal is just so, I mean, her style is so spacey and out there and in such a grounded, magical way. It is so inviting. It is so powerful. Um, I love it. Anyways, that's Crystal. But we're talking about Jess. We're talking to Jess. <laughs> Um, go over there and just pay attention to how she's showing up, okay? Because that's what she does. She shows up and she shows up on her term. So even if she's not doing it every single day, the power and the emotion and the world that we're brought into um, through what she shares, it just, it stays with us for a while. So if she doesn't show up for a week, it doesn't feel like it. I feel like she's very present within those spaces. I feel like I'm, you know, very present within the Wildcraft studio because of what she does and how she brings us in. So without further ado, uh, <laughs> hello, um, I'm going to bring Jess on and we're going to talk all things brand experience. Let's do this. Jess, it is such a pleasure to have you on this show. I was just talking before I brought you on and I was talking about how um, I basically been watching you for like, <laughs> which sounds weird, but that is the age that we live in. Um, for a minute. Um, I actually, I don't know if you know this, but Jenna Starkey was my coach. And while you oh, were doing her- I did not her, know that. So while you were doing her website, I was working with her. And that's oh. how I found out about you. And I've just been obsessed ever since. Wow, I did not know that. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it is such a treat to have you here and to be talking about this. And it's like, y you are the only person 
that I can really think of to talk about this topic so <laughs> authentically. And I, you know, I've sent you DMs where I'm just basically, I don't know, buttering you up or whatever, just talking about <laughs> sure. how much I love what you're doing with the socials and the way that you're showing up. I mean, it's just absolutely exceptional. I Thank love you. it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's, um, it's okay. So cool thing. I really wanted to talk about Jenna for a second because, um, that was a project that really kicked off my business. Did it really? Yeah. Like I had other stuff, of course, but her, her project was really something that got the ball rolling for other people to really see what I wanted to do and for her referrals. And it taught me a lot about, um, what was going to work for me and what wasn't going to work for me, like how I was going to deliver, um, deliver things like deliver, um, designs for people and how I was going to present stuff to people. And I just learned so, so much with that project and it's just snowballed from there. I mean, ever since that project, I haven't had a time where I didn't have work. Like that was such a pivotal, it was a pivotal moment for my business. Um, especially because we did her photography, branding, and website, which is a very huge project. Like that's a huge project to take on for not just the designer, but also for the client because um, it takes a lot of prep. It takes a lot of work to like rebrand yourself. And but but having my three things was like my three offerings in one was really the the thing that kickstarted everything. Um, and people were able to see, oh my gosh, I get why she's doing all of these offerings because you need to have each of these pieces within your within your brand and how cool that somebody can sit with you and work with you for all three of them. So that was just a really huge project. So I just wanted to say, I did not know that connection and I think that's so cool. Um, so fun. I mean, that's just the thing with projects that work out is you get a bunch of connections from them. Absolutely. Yeah. So that really is cool. fascinating. I, I'm wondering, did people, cause you said that it, it was so valuable for people to see why you do all three. Were you questioned or were, were you ever like, I mean, what was it that was so validating? Because I mean, I don't know, I, maybe cause I have not branding design, but a design background that is just so obvious to me. I think it was more of the are you a website designer or a photographer? You don't oh. get to be both. Oh, yeah, you know? the anti-multi-hyphenate. Yeah, we ain't about that space here. We all yeah, about yeah, yeah. the multi-hyphenate in this space, yes. yeah. <laughs> it was more like, you know, everything, like like every course, quote unquote, you know, we all take courses. We all find things oh, totally. to, to, to take and to further our education. It's all like one, like focus on one thing, which then prevents you from being creative because you're like, okay, I'm just like, I started off with just wanting to be a website designer, even though I had already done photography, I still hadn't put the connection because no one else had made those connections for me. So I was just like going through the ropes of what other people were doing. Okay, I'm gonna take this, this website course. So I'm gonna learn websites and I'm going to build websites. Well, how do you build websites? You can't build it without photos. <laughs> And you can't build it without branding and strategy and foundational pieces. But that wasn't involved in that course. It was just here, learn these things and start to build websites. But practically, when you actually start to build the website or start that quote unquote business, you realize there's so many other pieces involved. And I was like, 
oh, I could do all of it. Like mm-hmm. I could provide all of those pieces for my clients because I like all these different parts of it. And I like to switch things up and I like to have different projects be different. Like sometimes I'm doing photography. Sometimes I'm in like website mode, but I'm not always in website mode. I'm not always in photography. And that really helps me a lot because it can feel for me personally, I'm someone who cannot do the same thing over and over and over again. I am a Sagittarius. I want to travel and be free and have adventure and have nothing be the same. Of course, that's not our lives. But um, so I kind of created a job that gives me variety without even knowing that's really what I needed, but also helping my clients too, because just like me, you have a business and you're thinking, okay, I need a website. And so you reach out to someone, you need a website, but quickly you come to realize that oh, but I don't have a brand with, I haven't thought about why I'm doing this. I haven't thought about my values. I don't know how to translate that to a color palette and to a visual and brand messaging. I don't have photos. Well, then you start to realize, oh, I can't have a website yet until I have some other stuff figured out. So now I get to share that information with my potential clients the same kind of way that I learned. Yeah, that is so cool. I... I, I don't know. I, I am not a full-time brand designer. I do a little bit here and there because I just really love it. And it's basically yeah. kind of one of those. Um, I don't even have it. Well, right now my website, we're currently redoing it. But because um, it's, man, nothing's worse than having your website <laughs> be outdated. And it's just like, I don't even, I don't even tell people to go there. <laughs> just like, just talk to me. Just talk I to me. My, yeah. yeah. Yes. Totally. <laughs> um. But it's also, it's like one of those things because I am a designer, you know, it's like, well, I just, I can't handle someone else doing Like, I mean, I could, but I just, it's, I can't, you know, it's there's, hard. yeah, it, it is, especially when you have like such a strong, strong vision. I think that there's, there is some, there is like a, the ups and downs with that. Having a strong vision when you don't understand design mm, yes, is, is, oh my gosh, is almost like torture. It is Mm -hmm. just nothing's really going to line up. And especially when there's not a lot of intention or if it's like coming out of comparison or Ah, like a status or like the Insta ready bullshit, you know, all of that stuff. Like when you have very opinionated ideas of what your design should be, that's when it like harbors it. But when you understand design and you understand your intention and and a lot of what you just talked about, right? Like kind of, you know, what we talked about in our previous episode was the worldview, Right, your brand mm-hmm. is like your is essentially you establishing your your worldview and bringing people yeah. into the world that you're bring yeah you're building, um, and when you understand that and have those pieces together, then I I think maybe the hindrance is taking the steps to actually doing it because typically <laughs> you're busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on my website right now. Are you really? Because you just oh, yeah. did it not too long ago. I sure did. Oh sure. my gosh! You know, um, we recently had Lizzie Jacklin on no, the show. She's, she's amazing. Oh, I love her. I absolutely love her. Um, and uh, uh, she's always well. She's a manifesting generator. Do you, Do you know your human design? I'm also I'm also a manager. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Does not surprise me. I'm not an MG. <laughs> I'm a G, but I front as an MG all the time. I don't understand why, <laughs> but I do. So I get MGs. Yeah. It, yeah. Is, a, it is a lot. I'm just that like, side, can I just That side stay? was pure gold. Yes. Can I just stay still for one 
one moment, but alas, I'm redoing my website again. I don't, I couldn't tell you how many times I've redesigned it. That's the problem with uh, having too much access to yeah. your own stuff yeah. is, is because it, it's fun to change things up. Of course, it's always within my kind of standard branding that I have, but also as time goes on, you know that your skills get better. And so you want to showcase your skills in a better way. Thousand percent. You, especially for designers, it's like, and photographers, you know, like our online spaces are really our, um, it's more than a portfolio. It's like, this is an extension of who we are. And Mm -hmm. I'll be damned if I'm not showing what I'm really doing or how I'm really feeling or the skills and stuff that I've, you know, spent hours and hours learning in different courses. I'm in a really, really amazing Squarespace coding course with Rach from Squarestylist. If anyone is a, a Squarespace person and does some behind the scenes stuff, she is an incredible Squarespace coder with the coolest editorial designs. And I'm in like one of the most intense courses that I've ever seen. She's giving so much info. And so it takes a long time to get through the content. I mean, it's, it's crazy numbers and math essentially. And so you want to take what you learn and show it off. You know, you want to play with it and essentially our own brands get to be our experiments. You know, we can play with different things. Yes. So that's what I like to do is, is play with different things, knowing that I don't have a deadline. I don't have feedback I need. I don't have something I'm supposed to follow. It's all based on my own creativity. Well, that I get to pull from. And so that's why we change things so, so much and, and, and explore and create different things. And, you know, with photography, I like to try different uh, like editing things based on how I'm feeling and based off how creative I am. Like, during that time because I don't need it to match anyone else's style, but my own, I get to choose. And so that, uh, that means we're going to change things up sometimes. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I say the same all the time is specifically about strategy. I'm, I'm always, Mm -hmm. but I, I love that connection for me because I don't think that I've put it quite there, but if you're a creator, you're, you're creating. And so for me, especially in strategy, right? Like I, you know, sometimes I think about, oh, it would be nice if I had, you know, 2,000 followers or whatever, because I think I I don't need, I know I don't even have 300 followers on Instagram, which is just because I don't care about, <laughs> I don't care about Instagram. Like, you get, totally. you get what you sell, you know, it's, it's totally. one of those things. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm always looking at like, you know, sometimes I think, oh, well, maybe that's, maybe that's what I want to explore. You know, how do we get to the 2000? Or sometimes it's more just like, how do I get the, you know, what I am anticipating the results I would receive if I had 2000? Mm -hmm. And how can I have that right now? But I'm always asking myself that question. Like, instead of actually getting to 2000, how can I have what I am imagining I will receive from having 2000? How can I implement that into my life now? So literally Mm. stepping into the person that I am becoming and bringing it into present now. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's the opportunity that I I especially get to have through now doing strategy. So, I mean, that's, that's my main thing now, which I love. I mean, I love all my modalities. So, you know, all of them are great, but you know, strategy is especially fun. Um, uh, and I just get to say like, well, I'm just trying this out to see what happens. Exactly. It's all experiment. It's all, it's all a, everything that we're going to be doing within our businesses and within our life essentially is 
can be strategy, but it's going to be messy strategy because what's going to work for me is not going to work for you because we have different life experiences. We have different skill sets. We have different backgrounds. We have different goals. So we can't just take someone's advice or do what other people are doing. Um, We have to do trial and error. This is life. This is the most annoying thing about life for me sometimes is that you'll you're never going to know if something's going to work. Uh, you can never know unless you try it and not just for business, but for, for everything. And so I think that you, you just have to give it a go. Just like you're saying, like you have to, to just see if it's going to work for you and then be okay with the results, whether it's, it's good or not. Um, actually something that I've been telling myself over and over again lately is it's all just information. Mm. Yeah. It's all just info whether it's something isn't working, whether someone's not happy with something, whether you think it's a quote unquote bad decision or you made the wrong choice. It's not, it's not wrong or right. It's just information that you get to choose what to do with. And that's really helping me lately. And so, yeah, with our brands and with strategy, it's like, oh, this isn't being received well. That's just information. It's not wrong. You just learned something thousand percent Stacy my intuition um I've I've met I met her um not sure how long ago but it was a while ago um and uh one of the first things that she said to me was it's like it's not well I was actually in a session with someone and they were using I've never I don't know I when I've used the words right and wrong in the past it was either as like a a serious form of self-punishment or it was just like totally kind of just like a a tool. I didn't actually necessarily Mm -hmm. mean right or wrong. Um, And so, you know, when when the person that I was with um, was saying the words right and were saying the words wrong, it wasn't the way that I would use them. And Stacy, she's pretty sassy. Um, And she was piping up and she was almost aggressively, like she was like, she needs to stop because it's not (laughs) about being right or wrong. It's about what's aligned. Mm. what's aligned and and I you know I very much you know I mean obviously Stacy it's my intuition so obviously I believe that too but you know yeah. <laughs> um you know so so there's there's that element of like it's you're right it's it's information it's aligned and something that I've really gotten a lot of comfort out of you know in this year not just in business but in you know my personal life because I don't know if I don't know if you know this the listeners <laughs> they do um but I have I have you know I have chronic health issues. You know, I have chronic stress. I've been suffering from that since I was five. Um, and I have a lots of different gut health issues and it's just incredibly, it's incredibly frustrating in all of these things. And so, mm-hmm. you know, also in business and like wanting those results or whatever, looking for whatever it is I'm looking for, I've come to this really great kind of affirmation or like motto, if you will, mm. all I can do is all I can do. I'm writing it down. And, uh, you know, even when it's not enough, it's enough. And I think Mm -hmm. that line particularly really aligns with what you were saying. And that is something that I really, really lean on to. I mean, both of them. But even when it's not enough, that in itself is enough. And trying to get away from my tendencies of perfectionism. I talked about this Mm -hmm. a lot on a previous episode. Listeners, if you you haven't listened to it, I'll I'll link it in the site show notes. Um, But this, what the idea of like perfection is. Mm -hmm. And the literal definition of perfection, right, is something that is complete. Mm -hmm. 
So how we look at perfectionism is just total bullshit. It's not even like it, the perfection of a, form, a word of perfection. It's not, it's not even what it is. It's like this three stages above it. And I don't even know how to like explain that, but it's just like it's so past the actual meaning. So when we look mm -hmm. at what perfect means, it just means complete. It doesn't mean finished necessarily because as mm -hmm. creators and artists, is, is anything ever really like finished? Never. Um, but you know, but it can be complete and that it has all of the features. And like we are complete as beings, mm -hmm. right? We mm -hmm. are enough. What we are doing is enough. Even when it doesn't feel like it's enough, it's still enough. Because all we can do is all we can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like the, the perfection thing is something, of course, that we all do with. I mean, I don't know if I've ever actually met someone who's like, I'm not a perfectionist. It's like, we all are perfectionists because it's just a trauma response of wanting to be loved and accepted. Yeah. That's all most humans want to experience. And so, you know, with my clients, there's there's been some some clients that, you know, having things be perfect is like a, a high priority. And for me, that's an immediate kind of like, or people will always say I'm working or I'm, I'm working with my perfectionism. And I have to remind them that launched is better than perfection. Never um, allowing you to put that offer out there um, because perfection, it's just, of course, we all know this. It's, it's not a real thing. Um, and you're holding yourself to a standard that just doesn't exist, which means you're going to constantly be hounding yourself about the details. Um, and it's going to be painful. You're causing yourself pain yeah. over and over and over again. And so with some of my clients with some stuff, you know, the first thing I tell them is this is a creative process. Um, we're not going to hit perfection because it's not a real expectation. It's not a real thing that we can hit. We're going to hit all of the points that we have promised to, to, to create with each other. We're going to create intention. We're going to create beauty. We're going to tap into the value of your business. We're going to figure out why you're doing what you're doing. We're going to create some beautiful photos together and they're not going to be perfect. There's going to be a hair out of place sometimes. Um, sometimes you're going to have pimples on your skin. Um, there's going to be a time when that angle of you, you're not going to love, but I bet you I'm going to find it beautiful. And I bet you the people that love you are going to find it beautiful. And I always encourage people to um, show their albums to the ones that they love and watch them pull things out of photos that they wouldn't have ever seen in themselves. And so we have to relinquish things constantly in our businesses and in our brains and in our lives from being this quote unquote best possible perfect scenario because we'll just end up in this cycle over and over again of trying to get people to love and accept us for being these perfect beings. And the truth is, we're, like you're saying, enough is enough. We are enough as we already are. And this is not a practice that I am like, I got this. Yeah. I'm so good at this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, no. yeah, this, yeah. This yeah. is stuff that I work on every single um, Friday in therapy. When I have my therapy. Um, it, life is, is a forever thing. Um, 
this is a forever journey. We are never going to get to the end of it um, and be perfect at, you know, quote unquote, perfect at our experience. Um, and so just having awareness that these are our tendencies is already a huge step. Um, but we're all doing this. So if like anyone listening or any, like we are all in this journey of trying to be loved and accepted for who we are and worried that people will be judging us if we have a hair out of place or if our house isn't clean behind us in an Instagram store or if we don't have the quote unquote Instagram house, you know, we're always worried. But truthfully, the people that love you, the people that respect your work, the people that want to be around you will accept you when you're, you know, crying and need some support. And when you have a beautiful photo to share, it doesn't matter. They're just going to be there for you, you know? Totally. It really aligns with a lot of what we've been talking about on the podcast. I mean, that this this whole season, this whole thing is about reinventing yourself, uh, specifically as a business owner, but like reinventing yourself is not about literally changing who you are, but changing the mm. way that you interact with your environment. And so something mm -hmm. that I've been really talking about, especially of late, is that uh, I'm sure, <laughs> dear listeners, you're sick of me saying this, but you know, let's just drill it in, shall we? Um, it's not the it's not the specifics of what you're creating. It is the aesthetics of what mm -hmm. you bring people into. You know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it. I I I will not be using this photo anymore, only because it doesn't really align with m now my new direction. But in kind of an accompaniment to what y you just shared, they're currently. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've been there for a fairly long, but currently there is a, a picture on my website. Um, it's on the front, it's my homepage and it's like, Hey, this is me. And I've got this big hat, um, that I have. And we were just taking photos and I just, I'm, I get silly and I just put it on just for fun. And it was like literally this moment. Um, but I have like a double chin cause of the turtleneck that I'm wearing and it's fine. Like, it's not even like really a double chin. There's just like a little bit of, of a chin there. And every time I look at this photo, I see the chin. I see the chin. Mm -hmm. I see nothing else. But what I hear from people all the time is like, that is my favorite photo of you. Mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. this photo. Or I saw this photo and I just had to meet you. I've had that once or twice. You know, and so there, there it, it is. You're right. It's about like how people respond to it and the and they're responding to the energy of me having this fun moment of me putting on the hat I'm responding to the perfectionism in me right and again yeah. like you said like it is a practice so me kind of in, in a sense being courageous about me sharing a photo that I, I really can't I have a hard time appreciating mm -hmm. because of this this insecurity that I have right um you know because for me it's not even like it's my issues with my weight, it's not really about my weight. It's that I see my illness. That mm -hmm. is my biggest thing. And so like, it's, so it's a, it's, it's, it's a flaw thing, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. this level of vulnerability and you're right. It is, it is so a practice. Um, but, but choosing to show up and choosing just to go for it. And, and again, like coming back to what's grounding you and what's centering you and, and choosing the way that you accept situations you know early mm -hmm. in the season we also talked about how acceptance is a form of magic mm. right you know it really mm -hmm. does impact our energy and what we attract and the way that we interact and all these different things so it's just it's it's so incredible to use that element of play and and to think about again what is the aesthetic of what you're building versus what are you specifically putting out there mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
Um, which really, really goes in line <laughs> with why we're here. Jess, this conversation has <laughs> been so popping, um, but all of it's almost been like a prelude to, to sure. what we're talking about today, you know, which is the brand experience. And that's, you know, that's why, you know, I wanted you on um, is, is because I just don't see anyone showing up and building that brand experience like you do. And you do it specifically very well on Instagram and your Instagram stories. I mean, you do it well everywhere, but that's, a, is, I think that's like the mm, easiest, most accessible way for people to get what you are vibing with and what you are putting sure. out there. Um, and it's just so powerful that it will, I was saying this in the intro, but you know, it'll stay with us, at least it stays with me, um, for days. So sometimes I'll see wow. your story and you'll say, oh, I've, I haven't been on this week. You know, I've been really busy. And I'm like, oh, this bitch hasn't been on for a week. Like, I feel like I've <laughs> been seeing her every day. Like, I, it stays with me so long. I'm also, wow. time is, you know, time is different for me. But, sure. um, you know, it's, I just, I feel like you've, I feel like you've been with me the whole week. It's that powerful, mm-hmm. wow. you know? Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's really, I mean, it's really special to hear, I think, when, you know, I work at home by myself all the time, I don't get a lot of interactions like this. So it's like, you don't get to actually see how you impact people because we are, you know, these dimension, like yeah. one dimensional <laughs> human beings. Like I cannot yeah, read your yeah. thoughts. I cannot ex- have your experience. And so sometimes you have to be in scenarios like this where you're like, hey, you are actually putting stuff out there that people are perceiving. And you're like, oh yeah, sometimes it just, you don't, you forget, you know, social media is such a weird thing in that way where you forget the impact that you can have on one, two, three, four, five, however many people you have paying attention to you. Um, The thing about my stories on Instagram is that I think I might've said this once or twice, like in my stories, but it's kind of like my art gallery. Mm. Like my stories are my the way that I share my, the way that I perceive the world. And I view it as my, it's my gallery. It's my art studio. It's, it's um, a lot of the quick things that I share are based on, you know, I have to stop what I'm doing right now and take a picture of this because it's making me feel a type of way. And and so I'm going to share that with people. I'm going to share this beautiful image that I had to stop everything to do. It's not always just like, okay, today I'm going to curate every single thing and I'm going to take a hundred photos and share it to my stories. It's usually like, I feel like being creative today. What is around me right now? What is happening in the seasons? What is going on where I can pick up my camera and make something? That's essentially how I soothe myself not all the time sometimes I'd rather die than pick up my camera <laughs> and do yeah, things yeah um um but sometimes it's like I'm so tired and this is no offense to any clients it's just client oh working totally for other people is hard absolutely just in general just absolutely matter. working for other people's heart and sometimes I just want to create for me I just want to do something fun and creative for me and so my stories are really my way to show up in my own creative space and let people into what I'm doing and seeing and not being all client work all the time. It's not all client work. You know, there's other things that are happening that I like to share. And so, yeah, it's like my little diary, essentially. 
but also I'm you probably will notice this I don't share a lot of a lot of personal stuff it's not like a lot it's not like I'm dumping my personal life it's like let's go on a walk kind of like thing it's not like I'm yeah yeah so it's not like a diary of like deep secrets like everyone's still like figuring everything out about me because I still feel like a very very private person um because I'm an introvert Mm -hmm. and so sharing things is hard and it's hard to to talk all the time I don't want to talk I just want to show you something pretty that makes me feel good and that's what my stories are (laughs) yeah yeah but but the thing is is that with even though it's the wildcraft studio um, and I, I think you've only been recently been dropping your last name. Like there are certain things of element of, yes, mystery. Um, but again, people are responding to, I'm going to say it again, this the aesthetic of what you're creating rather than the specifics. And so there's this element of mm-hmm. fascination, right? Mm-hmm. It's That's what you're bringing forward. And that's what makes it so addicting and not just addicting in kind of like a mindless TikTok scroll kind of a way, but sure. like like a really like nurturing, um, inspirational. Um, I, I mean, I really respond well to anything that's based on intentional living. Mm. Anyone who's living intentionally and who's able to talk about that or showcase that, I'm just like, I'm just drooling. I'm just, dro- it's all heart eye emoji with me. <laughs> um, and, and so I, I think I very much in that alignment respond very strongly to what you put out there. But yes, it's it's not what you are creating. Like you don't need to share your whole life story. You don't need to share all of your traumas. You don't need to share your trauma of the day. You don't need to <laughs> yeah. like bitch yeah. about whatever, you know, in order for people to like in line with you. You know, for you, it's not hot takes, right? For you, it's mm-hmm. hot moments, right? If mm. we want to spin it that way. Cool, I'm writing yeah. that one down. <laughs> Um, I do this all day. Um, but yeah, (laughs) but, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, that's what it is for you, you know? And I think also there's like definitely finding your brand personality and, you know, all of those different things for sure. Um, but it very much ties into just exactly what it is that you're creating. And I think with your design work and what you build so much of, and even with your photography, like everything that's in there, it, it is about those hot moments, it is about that intentionality. It is about that sense of presence, but presence that you can kind of like that you can kind of live in. It's we have so much we have so many photographs today that are of the moment, like maybe not on the moment that are like of like the very specific like April twenty first, twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of that kind of photography out there right now, and I think maybe because of Instagram or maybe because of all those platforms or social media, whatever, right? But when we look at photos of the past, it's a whole fucking mood. It is, you know, it's something that you can dive into. There's, there's a reason why there's such specific nostalgia within Mm -hmm. photos of the past, regardless if people are standing awkwardly in front of the camera and it's like a sepia background or, um, you know, if it's got kind of that like 70s kind of phase on it and people are laughing and wearing like colors, like it doesn't, it literally does not matter what it is. It is, photography was gone about so much differently than we Mm -hmm. are doing now in these Insta moments. Um, And I think you're really good, not just within photography, but within your branding specifically. I think you're really skilled at bringing out that mode and that moment for today's viewers. Like you kind of have, 
it's almost like the mirror in the looking glass. Like you're able to go into the middle, you're able to meet people at the middle to bring that essence into today while still meeting their needs of kind of this instantness. So all of your content feels like, I think that's part of it. Like it has like this kind of shadow. It kind of has this like echo, Mm -hmm. you know, that's Mm -hmm. really pleasant and that stays with you and stays longer than the 15 seconds that we have in the one's Instagram story. You know, it just, it lives Mm -hmm. on. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah, I think, you know, a big part of my photography and and how I started my photography was, was, you know, quote unquote, moody. That's like a a style (laughs) type. Yeah, sure, sure. And I am, you know, I'm all about that. I I am like a a self-proclaimed, you know, like I was an emo kid. Oh, I mean, that's evident. I mean, yeah, Yeah. totally, totally. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I just, that's, it's like, it's in my, it's in my blood to be emo and, 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 you know, black hearts and, um, and, you know, sad music, but also like, <laughs> how can I play with nostalgia and play with the, the feelings? That's all we're really talking about is like, what if, what feelings can we evoke yeah. and, and why, why, and why do we want it? And why do we want people to feel those things? Um, with, with photography, the reason that I lean towards moody and shadows sometimes, I mean, I like lighter stuff too, but there's a time and place for everything. And sometimes to me, shadows and, and moodiness is character. It's telling a story that shows all different areas, you know, where you just, there's story within the darkness. And I think this is, you know, like I'm an Enneagram four, I'm all about like art and and feelings and how much sad music can I cry to and make art from I'm not as bad as I used to be like when I was in high school but that's just how I want my photography to to make people think or make people feel something and it's not like some crazy artistic like spending hours trying to create something I just want someone to look at something and and say I just want to climb into that Mm. photo and that's really my my main goal is that I want people to look at it and feel like I just want to reach in there. I just want to reach in there and experience what this feeling is for a moment. And I get a lot of comments of people who come to my website for work or anything, or just on Instagram and say, you just have a really soothing, your whole brand is just really comforting in a way. And not for everyone. There's a lot of hot takes I do have that I've saved yeah. for you for later <laughs> if you want. Um, it's not for everybody. I don't, and, 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 but for the people that really look at something and say, oh, like if I could just climb through that photo and hang out there, like those are the people that I'm really trying to reach. Mm-hmm. So that's just the kind of, kind of art that I want to create, um, is something that people can feel connected to or feel drawn to, or feel like they want to experience, um, because it makes you feel alive in some way. It's not a jealousy thing that I'm trying to get people to feel. It's a, ah, I want to create that. Yeah. I want to make that. Or I just want to live in that that room right there. I want to ho- go take a flower, take a photo of a flower and, and experience that. I had one, one uh, discovery call with a client and they thought that I lived in like in Ireland and it was so endearing I was like that is so cute I cannot believe you that I live in Ireland I was Irish I live in uh, the Pacific Northwest so I'm just south of Seattle um for folks listening but I just was like 
I, I, I made it. I made it. I someone <laughs> thought that I was European. I did it. Oh, uh, what I would give to to be in Ireland. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, how cool. It worked. You know, mm-hmm. it worked. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we have to go there. I mean, we've got to do it. We've been in such a juicy conversation. Um, <laughs> we haven't even gotten to our first segment. And you mentioned hot takes. So we just like, we just got to go there. Okay. Um, so let's dive in. Let's get into those hot, juicy takes from Beautiful Jess. I have a few, I have a few saved, but one thing I talk about all the time is, um, and I'm I'm sure you've had to have talked about this on your podcast, so I'm sorry, this is just No, we love repeaters. I repeat all the time. Yeah. Okay. We love a good repeater or else I don't know why you guys are here if you don't. (laughs) (laughs) For real, we are, we are not for everybody. My hot take, you are not for everyone. Your business is not for everyone. Your personality is not for everybody. And it's okay to have people not like what you're doing or not resonate with what you're doing. Um, There's plenty of people that will. And if you can really hone in on the folks that get you, there's a, there's a, a quote that I always quote, and I need to find the uh, the actual person who says it. So I can share that with you later um, when I find it, but it's, um, I'm not for everyone. But for the people I'm for, I'm, I'm, I'm really for, like, they, they really get me. And that's what I'm really trying to, to bring out with my clients as well. And probably the people that you work with with strategy is, you know, when we're talking about doing ideal client research and, and who are you marketing to, you know, everyone's first response is, well, I'm for everybody. Like anyone mm. can use this. And I'm just like, no, they can't. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to peel that back because the reality is you don't want to be for everyone because that is some plain ass shit. If, if everyone likes it, there's no, there's no unique, fun, creative, amazing thing about your product. If it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, and just reminding folks that I'm talking about really creative businesses. Like I'm talking about creative stuff, not like everyday household items, right? Like that's fine. If that's a business that you have or something that you're in, but really thinking about, okay, you're right. There are certain types of buyers or people that just aren't going to get what I'm doing. Why am I trying to attract them to my business? Why do I, why am I um, watering down my message to try to appeal to everybody. What about the folks that, that really cannot get enough of what you're doing? Um, why not start speaking directly to them, making conversations directly with them, creating community with them and building, it's building a fan. It's fans, people that can like freak out, like that love your stuff so much that they'll buy anything because they love your message. They love your the way that everything is making them feel. And so hot take, you aren't for everyone and you shouldn't be. And and you should really start to think about the type of people that you want to be. What is the thing that I, here, let me look at my notes for something else because it's something that I talk about with my clients. Um, when you say, who's your ideal client? It's like, 
that is so boring. You cannot, it's so hard to think about it. But when you say this to them instead is describe in detail the kind of person you would absolutely love to work with. Oh, gems. Yes. Yes. Way different. Way different. Yes. You can really start to pinpoint who is, who are the people that, that would bring out the best in you? Who are the people that really get you? You know, when you're working with someone and everything is just like, oh, that clicks. Oh, you totally get what I'm meaning. Oh, you understand why I'm doing this. It helps create that fire within your business too, to keep going versus working with the people that aren't the right fit that are draining the hell out of you because you just cannot seem to connect because you might not have the same values. You might not have the same ideas about business. And of course, it's not like you can't have people stretch your stretch your mind or, 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 um, you know, push you to be a different or, or better person. It's just really honing in on the alignment like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so doing an exercise like that really creates a reality of, okay, there's this one person I worked with and this was so great. What was it about them? That was so great. What kind of things do they like? What kind of stuff did they do? Where are they spending their time? Um, what are people saying to me in DMs? Like start writing things down about things that are, are showing up all of the time. And you're like, okay, this is a common theme. You have to start thinking about common things that keep showing up. And so, yeah. That's a long explanation, but <laughs> I hope that hope that helped. Absolutely. You know, and I, I think, you know, for me, it was also like a little triggering um, when you said, who is your ideal client? And I, I think it's just not serving to not necessarily, you know, manifesting generators, but I, I think it's just like that those who are creative, um, even past that, those who are multi-passionate, such as moi, such as you, you know, such mm -hmm. as a lot of our listeners that are that are here right now tuning in with us, right? Um, I think it is, you know, f the idea of niching down, that's what that triggers mm -hmm. to me. It's that yes, I, yes. I love working with my ideal clients. Like, you know, um, I, I love working with my dream clients, obviously, because it was a dream to work with them. Totally. And, you know, also like your girl's a little psychic, so she knows she's going to be working well with them, you know, so she's like yeah. already got a glimpse that it's going to be a totally. good time, you know, so I, <laughs> it's, it, you know, there's all those different elements. And there's a reason why a lot of the time I become friends with my clients. You know, there's, there's totally. all of these things totally. So yes, yes, I am on board with our ideal clients. Um, and, and uh, absolutely. But it's that question. And so yes, I was even triggered by that when you, yes. I mean, I would, I had to get out of, it was like a quick second, but it still was the second. It still was a second that was had to be had for me to get out of that because of those spaces. But you asking, describe the person um, that you want to work with or describe the person who would, you know, benefit from this or, you know, finding mm -hmm. ways to like describe the essence, right, yes. of it. That is, oh my gosh, I could lean into that all day long. Um, I think that we're supposed, we're taught that we, our ideal clients need to be in the description or the form. Like we need to be able to get into um, those demographic uh, right. titles uh, or placements that you would put into a Facebook ad. If I just you don't, don't agree to that. I don't either. I'm yeah. totally against it. Because also like, here's the thing too, when you're first starting out, 
and you just know that you want to be doing the work or you can get like an idea of the feeling of it. Or even when you're Mm -hmm. in the midst of a rebrand, there's a reason why you are rebranding. There is a discovery element in any sort of branding association and sort of work. There is discovery. So for you to be like walking in with all of those, all that information is so unfair. You don't know Mm -hmm. what you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. You, you just, you truly, I work with a lot of brand new businesses with a a package that I have. It's like, um, maybe you've, you've done them with other uh, people on, but the design in a day, kind of like VIP days. Oh, those are so fun. Yeah. They're super fun. But the the purpose of them for me and my clients is for newer businesses um, who do not have, you know, one, five, 10 years experience to do some strategy. They don't have stuff to do strategy yet. So how can we build some foundation with create flexibility ingrained? Because things will shift. You're going to get, you're going to get data. I hate using the word data. I'm trying to come up with like a funner term, but you're going to gather that information over time. So let's start you off with a foundation Mm -hmm. and then allow it to evolve. Like as you start getting more information, as you start gathering, you know, um, inquiries with, with little boxes of information and you go, oh, yeah, a lot of my clients are really saying that they're struggling with X, Y, Z. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder, okay, this is becoming a theme. So now you start to realize, oh, these are the kind of people that are really attracted to my, to my job. And so it doesn't have to be 25 year old Melissa works at anthropology. I'm just, that is, I can't stop it. I was thinking anthropology. (laughs) And then you said it. Bitch. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like she's married, has one child, and drives a. a Why do we know her so well? Why do we know her so well? (laughs) It doesn't have to be that. Instead, it should be. How is this person feeling on a day-to-day basis? Mm, Not. Yeah. But where where did they like to spend their free time for fun? What is some joy? What are things that bring them joy? Um. What are things that they're struggling with with their business? But even that, Jess, I have to stop you. It's even it's even that. Where do they spend their time? Bitch, I don't give a shit. I, it's like I don't want to know where they're spending their time. I want to know how, how they're spending yes. their time. Yes. Like, yes. you yes. know, maybe they go to the Fremont market. Maybe they go to the Ballard market. I don't care. Maybe they go a to market. both. It, yeah, it doesn't matter. The market's the market. Yes. Like, they're two very specific markets, but they like strolling. They like the coffee. They like to be in the moment. Exactly, yes. Yeah. They like to, to peruse, like, my favorite thing that I, like, um, do with clients that I know a lot. They really like to try new restaurants. Mm, okay. Why? Because they just, because they're intrigued by the, by the craft of food. They like to go to you know, um, wineries and breweries, not necessarily just for the drinking, but because of the the craft that's involved with trying little samples and like going to a mom and pop place. Um, there's, there's like little nuances to things. It's fun to see why people are doing what they're doing. Totally. And thinking people are like, why does this matter? <laughs> that's the big thing. <laughs> people are always like, why does this matter? Yeah. It matters because we live in a, a visual space. Mm-hmm. We live in a world that is visual. Can you not invest in your business visually in this world? That's the question. Do you is that going to work for you? The reality is for me and maybe for a lot of other listeners is we have to invest in 
the visual aspect of our business and understanding why people are doing what they're doing influences that visual. If we know that someone is spending their time buying only anthropology because they love everything about the anthropology thing, they love the smell of the store, they love the candle labels, they love seeing the housewares, we that's a those are visuals. Those are visual things that we can tap into. What is it about it? Is it the feminine? Is it the the, the higher the higher end um, price tag? Is it the the like fancy frills of like what what is it about it? And so we really get to tap into all of these different pieces of okay, how can this then influence your your brand? Like I was just working with a candle a candle company, and and one of her goals is to be sold in anthropology. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what does that look like? And why is that important? And how can you stand out from already the other brands that are in anthropology? So it's really doing some analysis and really just understanding where people are at. Um, It takes a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um, But it's worth it because because of the visual space that we live in. Can we afford to not invest in the visual presence of our brand. I just don't think that most folks can afford not to. That might be another hot take. <laughs> I I love all the hot takes. I'm I'm here for all the hot takes. You know, I think, you know, Jess, I kind of want to add on to though what what you're saying. And I think this is important, especially when it comes to um, building the brand experience you know, which we still have not defined yet. I'm well aware. We're going to do that soon. Okay, don't you worry. Okay, this is all very important. This all very much goes in hand. Um, but it's it's kind of like a, a middle ground. Like you, like you also have to get to, yes, like the feeling and, you know, why the candles and, you know, what is it specifically that they're leaning into with all of that. But you also have to look at like what anthropology is. Like you can look at what brings people in, but then you also have to be able to like say what that is in a very succinct clear sentence. And really, if we want to look at anthropology, anthropology is the millennial version of Macy's. Mm-hmm. That's all that it is. It's the millennial version of Macy's. Yeah, it may not be as big. There may not be as many options. It doesn't have a kid. I don't think as a kid section, as a bridal section, as a home section, you know, all these different mm-hmm. things. But it's mm-hmm. all about like, we are so much more about ourselves now uh, about women or women are coming into that, you know, um, it's a, I think it's very much still a struggle, but you know, feminism is, is moving us in different ways and we're mm-hmm, evolving. Mm-hmm. And so anthropology serves now as our, it's, it's not Nordstrom Rack. That's a whole nother person. It's, mm-hmm. it's the millennial version of Macy's. That's what anthropology is. So when you look at it like that and serving those needs and serving that individual, then it helps you get a clearer mind of what they're really looking for as far as peace of mind, um, functionality, um, you know, just the rewards of what they get in one full swoop, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then also, again, going to those questions that you were at and like, what is it about those candles? And why is it the, you know, why is it the Macy's for the millennials and all of that? And it's about, at least in my eyes, you know, um, it's it's about coming into the middle ground and adding in both elements, adding in kind of the, I guess, totally. the right brain, brain and the left brain. And making it an entire brain, for a lack of a better analogy. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what you're doing when when you're building a brand experience. And so it can't be 
as you said so beautifully, it can't be for everyone. You have to be specific and you have to be serving someone specific, but you don't have to only serve that specific person. And that's where we get into the, the nitty gritty of being a multi-hyphenate. Yes, yes. Know, the, know, know the specificities, but you don't, you don't only have to serve one of those. You can serve multiple of them. Just know them. And why is it important to know them? Yes, for the brand experience, but more than anything else, because when you're there with them, then you're yes. able to like get them. You're able to deliver. You're able to be, mm-hmm. as I like to put it, in the art of simpatico. You mm-hmm. really like mm-hmm. to be able to, to dive into those relationships and, and be in that fluidity of the it's give not and empty. take. It's not yeah. an empty. The thing is, visuals, beautiful, beautiful aesthetic, love it, want to create just art and beauty all day. But there, if there's not intention behind it, it's flat. It's empty. You Absolutely. can't back it up with anything. Um, you can't just do something because somebody else, because, okay, let's, let's recreate this candle from, from, from anthropology. It's like, no, 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 no. We're going to create something that's, that has sturdy foundation to it, that has some intention and meaning behind it. We're not going to just create something to make it beautiful. We're going to, we're going to think about it. We're going to think about why we're doing it. And I'm going to tell you my, my, my theory about the ideal client. And I, I haven't posted this yet. I haven't even made the You're birthing it. it. You're birthing it. I'm birthing it. So like yes. trademark, this is my idea, everyone. I'm just um, it's trademarked. You know this is hers. She's birthing it. You know, yes. You know how graphics go. Um, you know, they, they go viral. But okay, so the ideal client, friends, here's, here it is. The, the quote unquote ideal client. It's a bell curve. Your ideal client is sitting at the top. Okay, a bell. Can can we picture it? Stats class. Here we go. <laughs> you're you're the person. Describe in detail. I said the person who you would love to work with. They're sitting at the top of that bell curve. Okay. Well, as it goes down, does that mean that you're not serving everyone else? No, you are serving other people. But at the top is that perfect that perfect click. The person you meet. You know, like a you meet someone for the first time and you're just like, oh, man, we're totally going to be friends. That is your ideal client. It starts to peter off. You're going to get other people that aren't going to fit that perfectly as you go down to the bottom. I have, I'm working with a male client chef. That is not necessarily my ideal client. Right, I sometimes right. wonder, you know, certain people will still contact me knowing that I work with a lot of female presenting people. Um, does that mean that that male client, he's maybe towards the bottom of the bell curve. He's still in it. Right. He's still connected to something that I said. So we're not, we're not isolating people. That's the main thing I try to tell clients. This is not about isolating people out. It's about honing in and letting everybody else who attracts it, like, like gets you in some way to fall within that bell curve. Um, so you're not isolating people away. You're just really thinking about the, about the top, but there's still going to be folks that resonate with something that, that understand you in some capacity. They're still, they're still included. The bell curve goes like, like 99%, I think is the way that it works. So it's not, you're not excluding anybody. You're just trying to be as mindful about who you really want to talk to. Mm. So it's the bell, it's the bell curve. That's, that's my visual. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good.
we've been here for a minute. Like <laughs> a minute, minute, minute. Like a minute times 60. Um, so, so we've got to start. We've got to dive in. Like yeah, you are the person to talk about what exactly a brand experience is. And, and here's the thing. I wanted to describe it on the show because I, I want to hear what you think about this. Um, but, you know, I have actually talked to different brand designers and, and about what the brand experience is. And they're like, oh, well, everyone knows about that. Everyone knows what the brand experience is. Mm. And I'm thinking, bitch, no, no, they do no. not. No, they, <laughs> no, they do not. No, they do not. And the, my, you know, my knowledge of it, right, is, is, be, and I know that you know this, um, but, you know, it's, it's because I have a background in theatrical design. And so mm. performative design and you know, I also and also performative analysis. But when you're perform when you're designing for a whole production, right? It is an experience, right? So brand mm-hmm. brand experience is really experiential design. I think that's really where the roots are. So I get it. Like I'm with it. I'm there. But I don't think it's obvious. What do you think about that? Do you, do do you think that it's clearer to people than maybe what I'm imagining, or what do you think? What I'm realizing as time goes on is, is gonna be as we all know, but <laughs> everything is made up. <laughs> everything is made up. Every process, every idea is just made up by someone and is quote unquote branded as the right way to do things. Um, there's a million ways to do things. There's mm-hmm. a million words to describe things in different ways and everyone is going to use their own descriptive terms and it's not going to have clear definitions and you're going to some people are going to use words that that make them sound more professional so that you trust them in a professional way Um, but that also leaves a lot of questions for folks that aren't in the design world what is a a um what is brand strategy? What does that mean? Um, what What's a primary logo, secondary logo? What's an illustration? What is a font collection? Um, you know, what what are these terms? And there are definitions that people have used, but everyone uses their own. And, and we can't assume that people know because we're continually changing the definition of things all the time to fit our own needs. So, no, the brand experience, the website experience, the photography experience, it is not something that that people know because it's constantly being reinvented. Mm, good point. Good point. And so, you know, how many brand brand strategy and design courses are there? A lot. And they're they probably all have different takes on what that means. And so, you know, I think that when we're deep in our craft, and I think we've talked about this before, when we're deep in our craft, we forget that people are um, have, have barely touched the surface of some of the concepts that we're talking about. Maybe they've heard a word once or twice. Maybe they've heard branding, but they don't really understand what that is. Maybe they've heard strategy, but, but they don't really understand. Um, but when we're deep in our craft, we forget that we actually have the ability to, to educate people and not in a, like, buy my course for a thousand dollars, um, that kind of education, but, but in a really just like 
friendly and basic way of remembering that not everyone has has had the experience that we have. Of course not. It seems very, um, it seems like some concepts seem really basic to us, like um, what a PNG file is. You know, <laughs> oh, it's just an it's just an image file, you know, with a transparent background and it has a higher pick, like, etc. But some people are like, I don't know what that is. Like, to people that deal with things all day, you you forget that there's just basic concepts that it's okay to, to 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 talk about. Like, it doesn't make you less of a designer or photographer to talk about basic concepts. Like that, it's it's okay to inform people. Um, there's a there's a lot of, um, and maybe you'll have a hot take on this, but you know, so many folks in the designer world talk shit about Canva. You know, Canva is oh, not a did- real, not a real design platform. It's like it, it's not Adobe. Sure, it can't it can't do exceptional things the way that Adobe products can, but it's accessible to people. And to me, that's so much more important for my clients who aren't designers. And so giving people Canva tutorials, it's like to other designers that would seem like silly or like, um, oh, you're going to like, don't they know how to like open a file? No, some of my clients do not know how to unzip a zip drive file that I would send them. Like you, we do have to go basic with people. It's not quote unquote mansplaining. If you're doing it in a genuine kind way and you are constantly asking, hey, if you know this, totally great. Feel free to to interject and I'm just gonna go through the basics with you. I'm gonna show you how to do things so that you feel comfortable. Um, yeah, we. it's okay to take a step back and say, did I know what this was 10 years ago before I started this? This is where these people are because they they make candles for a living. They don't take photos. They don't know what Adobe Lightroom is, right? So how can we be like step out of ourselves for just a moment and and think what's really helpful versus what makes me what makes me look cool or look professional or look more distinguished, I guess, like maybe it is just simple stuff. Mm, You know, it is, it's so universal that it's so universal to, I mean, you're speaking very much in designer sense. Yes. But it's, it's universal to anybody, not even just like creators and dreamers and multi-passionates like the people that we have here. No, 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 no. That is literally universal. So let's just drop that right there. Okay. Genius, amazing, incredible, completely agree. Um, you asked for a hot take. Um, I don't know if it's so much as a hot take, but more so as like maybe a hot approach. Mm, cool. Um, yeah, your girl was way too fucking impatient. I don't know how to do Adobe shit. I, I can open up a file. That's yes. all I can do. I'm too, I was too impatient. I had goals that were so past, taking two fucking years to learn Adobe. So I just said that I do branding design. Well, honey, I don't use Adobe. I, you know, I, 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 I just got, um, oh shoot, it's not Pixel. It's the, I got an iPad and there's a mm, specific mm-hmm. tool. What is that called? Pro, Procreate. 
There procreate. we go. Yeah, yeah. Procreate, yeah. okay? Because procreate looks fucking dope. Amazing. Cool. Whatever. I'm sure that could even be like Canva level. I don't care. What is, again, you said accessible, right? It's not about the tool that I am using. It is about what I am delivering, okay? Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, there are lots of levels to how you can be using Canva. Just as, so I, I would definitely say um, that I am an advanced Maybe even more so, but we'll just use the word advanced, okay? I'm an advanced user of Canva, and I'm an advanced user of Notion. And when I combine those two tools together, I mean, it's absolutely explosive. I'm going to be real. My work is explosive. Your work is explosive, right? We all have our areas of genius. So it's not the tool. And I don't know. It's honestly what I'm – I have not heard – um, designers talking about it like that, but what I'm thinking is, is that they just feel burnt out from the fact that it, they did decide to take the two years. They did decide <laughs> to take the two years in that route. Honey, we can all quantum leap in whatever way that we want to. It is our decision. I Man, I'm going to really say ask. It, it is our decision and it is our spaces where we want to leap, right? It took me a lot longer to get to the Notion space, not because I literally didn't know what Notion was, but in this, in the way that I'm able to use Notion at the way that I do now, um, the the ability to to dive into strategy, um, just even looking at yesterday, I did an oracle reading, bitch. I have never had this happen before. Their spirits started speaking through me. I have. Mm-hmm. N- I was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was sharing two things at one time. They were, they had me point to myself and say, she doesn't know how to say this. We're using her words. I was, I don't even know if that's verbatim what I said, but it's just like, it's, it's not, it's, ugh, my God, I'm so fired up. This. I'm so fired up. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it's not about, it's, it's not about the specific tool. It's how you use it. And so going back to that example of what I just experienced yesterday, I may not have known specific words that they wanted me to use and they were limited by my ability of my vocabulary or whatever, but they were still able to communicate what they needed to for the client that was in front of me. Mm-hmm. Now, just before I say this, I very exclusively offer Oracle readings to clients that I'm already working with. And if you are on the magic hour, we can have an Oracle reading. Don't be going to my website looking for an Oracle offering because <laughs> I don't do that. And no, there's lots of people who do Oracle readings. That's great. Thank you for your interest. Okay, well, let's dial it back. Okay, it's, it's, it's about the way you use the tool, not the literal tool. Otherwise, why would we have all these different types of artists? Like, why would we have oil and um, acrylic and charcoal and different yeah. types of canvases? And, um, you know, why would we have interior designers who were artists first and then do all these free-handed stencils on the like, Why would we have all these different modalities if it was all about the tool? It's, I'm done now. It's, I'm done. That, I went no, on forever. No, I, I love, this is what I was hoping for. I think it's just really <laughs> interesting because as someone who started as a Canva designer, mm. self-proclaimed, I've okay, been using yes, since yes. 2014. I've been using it. I love um, it. If I, if there was a corporate job that I would leave Blythe Mitrals for, it would be Canva and it would be Notion. I, I love, love that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so I definitely started with that. And one of the things, you know, uh, when I do some work with folks is what, what is your strengths? Let's talk about things that really that people comment on or that you notice. It doesn't have to be business related. Just let's start to pinpoint some things in you. And so for me, 
for my business, for my life, one of my strengths is I pick up computer software really quickly. Mm. Um, I pick up, yeah, that's just, just plain and simple. I can learn computer software really, really fast. It is just something that is inherent, like my brain just understands. And so, you know, this is why like Squarespace and coding is coming kind of easy. It's not kind of, I'm like downplaying. It comes easier to me. Learning Adobe is is coming easy to me. I wanted to just try it, right? Like I wanted to push myself. I also wanted to be able to, this is going to be some boring stuff for people listening, but I wanted to be (laughs) able to save Vector, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful. Totally. So, so for people listening, Canva is a pixel pixel base, you know? So if you make an image really, really big, you can start to see the little pixels of color. Well, and this is so, um, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Like if uh, like a long-term designer's listening and I'm just botching this description. (laughs) I'm trying to keep it simple. Yeah. You're keeping Um, it simple. Keeping it simple. But Adobe with vector, vector files, um, Adobe uses math to create the image. So you can expand the, the, the design that you created in like infinitely, you know, you can think about like a banner image that you would print out for a farmer's market. That's huge. Um, you would have to save a really, really, really big, um, PNG file from Canva to maybe make that work. But with, with, um, hopefully, okay, you can cut this out. This is boring, but with Adobe, (laughs) um, you, you can save, you can save these huge files that can be translated without worrying about being pixelated. So that was just the main reason that I wanted to try it was to be able to have this different um, file that I could like send people. But back to what I was saying was just, I'm quick to learn software. And so I'm always intrigued by it. So I just want, so I just personally wanted to learn, but I use Canva all of the time still. Mm. It is still the fastest and quickest thing to teach clients how to use. Um, if I want to knock out a quick graphic for Instagram, um, just we don't have to be snobby. Um, we don't have to go to college for things. We don't have to hold people to higher standards because we were held to higher standards of things. We can allow creativity and and um, accessibility. And sometimes when you are limited by your tool, you get even more creative with it. There's some weird shit that I've made in Canva by combining a bunch of stuff and making weird things because I didn't have the tools in Adobe. Right. And so it actually breeds um, like ingenuity because you're just like, what can I do with this differently? I'm constantly thinking of Canva hacks. I just did a Canva hack the other day with someone. I was like, I bet you if I do this, this will work. And it totally did. It makes you think a little bit differently. And so I just, really relate to your rant because I think that there's you can do things however the hell you want to do them we Mm -hmm. don't have to be held to some um, typical standard and of course if your client is someone that needs a vector file then work with a then find out who your designer is and 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 talk and talk it out about the kind of things that you need and all of this stuff will come up on your your calls with people they're going to know kind of what you're going to need and whatever so anyway Another hot take that we're, we're talking about. No, I love delivering all the hot takes. Um, you know, looking at this in tandem with 
the brand experience, you know, um, leaning into like however you want to be using the tool. And I think that's really when you're going down to it, like the brand experience is simply a tool. It is both a strategy and a tool. Um, It's a method. It is so many different things. Like when you break it down, it can be an art form. Um, It is a sense of performance, right? You know, when when you say, so every time, let's let's break it down even further. Every time that you're sharing things in your social stories, Mm -hmm. you are, you are, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but essentially what you're doing is you're having a brand experience. You're, you're, you're showing, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, an experience through your branding, through your point of view. And that's what is really crucial if you listen to the previous episode with Crystal, you know, why it's so important to really ground into that worldview, to that, to that um, paradigm that you have through your business, you know, as, you know, Michelle uh, Pelazon from Holicism, she likes to say, you know, like your little corner of the internet. Right, mm-hmm. like you know, our our little space on the internet, right? Because it is a whole mood, it's a whole vibe, it's a whole thing, and yes. that's what you're building when you have a brand experience. But there are multiple different ways that you can do that. Just as in, we're talking about like it's not about the tool; it's about like however you want to use it or whatever, right? Um, it's it's what you do with it. Um, the same thing for the brand experience. And what I think it does, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, Jess, is, um, you know, I, I think what it really does is just, like, bring people past the looking glass. Like, instead of having mm-hmm. them just look in the mirror, having them step inside the mirror and experience this new, um, different or parallel reality if we really want to go there, which I do, um, in those spaces with with your clients or with your community, with whoever that is. And your brand experience can be as small as like your one-on-one onboarding interactions with your clients, and it can be mm-hmm. the social media. It can be what you put forward facing. It's sure. it's literally walking them through an experience. It can be fully designed. It can be partially designed. It can be intuitively designed. There's so many different levels to it, and you have to figure out the way that that tool best serves you and those in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the the comments that I get from certain clients that I work with is they're really impressed with the way that I'm communicating with them. So part of the, so part of my brand experience that I really try to have is communication. Um, And just a kind of side note on this, um, not everyone is going to love my brand experience, mm-hmm. even if they are ideal clients, because we learn differently. Um, we understand differently. And some folks are um, like one thing I'm learning right now, um, like Rachel Turner talks a lot about the the leadership styles. And you can be a, a nurturer or an analyst or a um, I mean, what am I? Oh, my gosh. The one that I am like, the I thought, is it, doesn't she person. have like an innovator or um it's it's the nurture. She's got four different ones. The the nurture analyst, the creative one, and then um, the I'm literally like doing. It doesn't matter. Right now. <laughs> You've got four different <laughs> anyway, types. Yeah. Yes. Um. So the part of the leadership style is that like understanding how your clients work is gonna help you um, better with your communication. So yeah, some, some of my style might not work for everybody, but for the, but for the people that I've gotten feedback on, people have really loved it. And it's not like some crazy brand process. It's just, Hey, this is what you can expect. And I've, and in every email, I just say, this is what you can expect next. 
and I I walk through all of my clients through a loom. So I use loom yeah. to record like all of my my creative directions, all of my strategy, all of my presentations, so that I'm not just sending them a a document and say, tell me what you think. It's it's more like I'm gonna sit and talk things out on video so that you understand exactly what my creative process was and really walk you through why we chose these things for this specific thing. And I get a lot of feedback that people love this process of here's what I have. I'm going to record it. I'm going to show you in this beautiful PDF document. I also use a platform called pastel. It is very expensive, um, <laughs> but you, but you get to upload a PDF or even a website to this online space and people can directly click on things and make comments. So there's no Google docs. There is no, okay, tell me on this website, what thing you like or dislike. It's, it's very much click on the exact thing that you want to change. It's like as granular as we can be and, and we can make comments, we can like upload things, we can keep track of the comments. And so it's, it's just very much, um, I just try to have as clear communication as possible. Does it always work? It doesn't always work. We're human beings. There's going to be times where people forget to turn things in or where people just don't understand the comment that I made. And so we'd have to go in deeper. But a lot of the comments that I make are or that I get from people is they're really impressed with the process. And this process has been something that I have changed and tried to cultivate over and over again is what's the best process for folks, right? When I first started out, I just made a bunch of things, made a bunch of designs, put it in a Google Drive folder and said, okay, which ones do you like? It didn't yeah. explain anything, <laughs> didn't walk people through anything. And I slowly was like, this isn't going to work. How can I make this work for me and for my clients? What's mm. going to be an experience that people are going to say, wow, this was really cool. I can't, I, I wasn't expecting this because going back to what we were talking about is people have no idea what to expect. They don't understand branding. They don't know what to expect. So why not give them a good experience because they have, they have no expectations. So you might as well wow them with your experience so that they feel held. They feel understood. They know that you're taking time to think through things um, that you're creating beauty for, like for them, like um, something else some of my clients love is I spend time making a, a um, stock photo library for them based off of them and their business. And I seriously had someone, uh, a client we just launched like two days ago, when I sent her her file, she said that she started to cry because she's been trying to find pictures that were emotional and beautiful and not cheesy and not corny and just felt like her. And she just couldn't even believe that I had made something like this. And it's like, um, hello, how cool my job. I could just sit and yeah. look at photos and make albums. Like <laughs> don't tell anyone that's what I do. Like don't tell people that's what I get paid for. Um, of course it's just a part of it, but those little comments of like this album that you just created of stock photos has changed my life for my business. That's a big deal to me. Like that's a huge, huge compliment to get that kind of reaction from somebody. Um, and so, yeah, the brand experience for me is to create a space for people feel like I'm on their team. Like, welcome, welcome to the wildcraft. My, 
my email that I send people right when they book is welcome to the wildcraft team. Like you made it to the team. Like we're here, like you're forever my client. Like we are forever like cheering each other on. Like I repost clients forever when they, when they do something or I shout them forever because uh, we're friends. Like we just, we created something together. And so the experience for me is really like, how cool, let's create something fun. Let's create something impactful. Let's, let's make sure that you're enjoying this. Is it work? Yeah. Am I going to push you sometimes to like get stuff in on time and give me feedback? Yeah, Yeah, that's my job because (laughs) we could just design something for like 10 years. Like if there was no deadlines, because that's how fast time goes. So yeah, I have boundaries. I have boundaries that I list out for clients. And I also ask them if you have boundaries, let me know what they are and we'll respect each other's space and time. And because I take this seriously. And so I expect you to take this seriously because it's your business. So let's, let's, you know, create a space that is, has momentum, that has um, space to talk about like our feelings and what's going on in our lives and how that impacts your business. And then let's have a good time doing it. That's the brand experience for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I really want to like hone in and kind of highlight when you said they're not expecting anything right? There might be certain deliverables when you're actually working with a client, like what you put on your website, right? Mm -hmm. This is what you get out of the experience. And of course, it's always more than that, because sometimes it's hard to describe what you're delivering in such like a succinct, clean way. And also, if you list too many things, then it can get confusing, and maybe they're not really sure. So it doesn't really help them define and figure out if they need to be buying what it is all of that stuff sure um but you know that's you know again part of it but outside of that they don't really know what to expect and especially with social media process for the process it's like yes they have these deliverables on my website they're like gonna get all these things but they don't have an expectation for the actual how it's going to go how why the would process, they have an expectation why would though they? Exactly. yeah why would they, they have would an have... expectation and they and don't know anything yeah and with social media too because it's your choice right it's it's your thing and i think that we do get hung up in this idea that oh for me to be a real business people expect me to show up in a certain way um for me to have something that you know i've been really working through right now i am a podcast producer and this bitch has not been you know was like ghosted i'm not really but that's what it looks like ghosted on her podcast for like five weeks or something um i had a lot of uh reschedules i have a very specific story arc that i'm walking you through also mama's busy also mama has an intern that's learning how to do it so i'm letting her take ownership she just needed some more time there's all these things with it and if people are stuck up on this idea of me having to release thursdays at 7 a.m then i'm sorry like it's just it's we don't fit we don't fit. For me, it's about the content. I fucking deliver. Let's just be real. I'm going to put yeah. myself up. I deliver. You it is what it is. And that's great. And people who understand that are the people who are going to vibe with me. And that's totally. amazing. Outside of that, does anyone really have an expectation for what happens on the show? Um, you know, outside of maybe a title, whatever. But it doesn't even matter. This The show, I'm getting too nuanced in the show. The, the, the point is, is that people have, yes, maybe one or two expectations, but that's only in the sense of like them being able to actually, um, yes, experience it. But what they actually experience in the experience is up for you. They don't have any expectations around that. That is for you to define. 
especially if they've never worked with someone before. And the majority of people I work with have, have either had a friend of a friend make a quick logo for them or their sister take photos of them real quickly. But a lot of them haven't had a like paid for a website designer or paid for a professional photography shoot. A lot of these people are just starting out or been in business. A lot of the clients I work with, like my quote unquote ideal are folks who have been DIYing for a year or two. They're really just been putting in the time. They're like, I'm going to figure it out. And now they're burnt out. They're saying, I've spent all my time on Canva. I still hate it. I'm done. I'm done wasting my time. I'm a, let me just come up with like, so I work with a lot of herbal, like herbal, yeah, like yeah. small herbalists. That's a, a big client of mine, um, all different kinds. Um, and they're like, I want to make plant, like make herbal medicine. I want to go gardening. I want to go in the forest. I don't want to sit behind my computer and make some graphic I hate. Like, just do it. I'm so over it. And that's the kind of people that come to me who have been in business for like a year or two. They're like, I know, I just w- want to get back to what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I want to spend the time in my craft or spend the time not, can I swear? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. (laughs) Spend time not fucking working. Yeah. I don't want to work at 11 PM on my website. Oh my gosh. I don't want to spend the last few minutes of the day on my website, trying to look at YouTube tutorials to figure things out. And it's like, yep, that's why I'm here. That's ex- like, that is my purpose. It's like getting you back to your magic, getting you back to your, your own time. Like don't confuse your free time with your availability. Your, your free time is your free time. Let's not be trying to learn a hundred different platforms all the time for our businesses. Can we? Yes. We could do anything. Should we? My hot take is no, we should, once we have a spot, or we can outsource things for our mental health, we should figure out how to do that because it's going to open up things more for you. Your time is valuable. It's going to open up more time maybe for you to make money because you're not wasting it learning Adobe. You're not even a designer. You're like, what? Why did I download the software? I want to die. This is horrible. Um, so that's just like the reason why my business exists. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. It's like throwing in the towel. Like I'm hiring the person I know is going to get me and we're going to make something beautiful. And yeah, it's it's going to take some work. There's some pre-work there's, there's deadlines, there's things, but, but at the end of the day, I'm not doing it and it's going to be amazing. And I can't wait. Like that's the people that I work with. So I don't know how we got there, but it seemed important. With that beautiful gem, we're going to dive into uh, last thoughts and maybe a few steps. Okay. Here's the thing. To be able to to have your brand experience, it does kind of go back to that trigger question of like, who is your ideal client? Or what is the ideal process? Or, you know, what you've been touching on, I think a lot when, when we were going into describing what a brand experience is, is like, we need to get somewhat specific on, you know, what's going to work for you and for them. So allowing that simpatico, you know, that's what we really talk about a lot is simpatico to come through. I think brand experience, that's what that is. It's simpatico Mm -hmm. and it's registering that. And it's, uh, as you said also before, it's all information. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. right? We're receiving a lot of information and we may want to continue to pivot. It's not just an MG thing. It's not just a multi-passionate thing. It is just like, you know, you are in it, right? And so you're human, you're going to change and shift and grow and you're going to realize, oh, dang, that package, that thing I did. Oh, that's not going to work for me. That was tough. That that didn't Mm -hmm. work for my clients. Now we're going to shift. That's okay. That's information. That's great. You should you shouldn't hold on to things that aren't working because you think you should. You should always be open to to the to the growth and and to the the shifting. I call it the the little red thread, following the thread of of things that you love, following the thread of curiosities, following the thread of of things that you think um, that are interesting. And all of a sudden, you're following this thing, and an opportunity comes. Yeah. And you're following this thing, and all of a sudden, you're like like for me. I like plants. I'm going to join this herbalism class. Okay. I have, I'm in this herbalism class and now I'm doing photography for it. Oh, okay. Now I'm helping now, you know, three years later, I'm helping herbalists build their brands. Mm -hmm. Like it's those kind of things that I, you don't know what's going to happen. I didn't know I was going to be doing this, but I followed a thread of interest and it's, it's crazy. It's just opened up so much. So I just always recommend folks to to keep an eye out for those things that peak peak your interest and that make you feel something that like bubbly feeling in your stomach and in your chest. That that's the magic right there. That's te- that's inform that's good information. That's telling you something yeah. that you got to follow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. That's like that's our alignment, right? That's our mm-hmm. alignment coming up, telling us that this is what's this is what's working for us. This is where mm-hmm. we're rocking. All those things. Um, you know, just, you know, someone who is just so amazing at the brand experience, you know, let's start with social media because I feel like we've been kind of diving back and forth. Dear listeners, maybe a little bit unfair to you, but I think you've been in the moment, you know it. We've been diving a lot back and forth in social media brand experience and also business brand experience. Okay. So I will help differentiate and get a little bit more specific on the site show notes. So if you want to get a little bit more grounded, I'll hook you up there. Okay, but, you know, Jess, um, I'm, you know, because you're so great in all capacities, right? But, like, if someone was looking at social media, where do you think would be a good place for them to start in developing that brand experience? Is it playing around in social stories? Is it playing around with kind of, you know, I I like to look at Instagram as, like, your online magazine. You know, Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. editions you're currently releasing out? Mm -hmm, um, Or is it through a newsletter? Like, in what ways do you think is would be good to start with that brand experience if people don't even know how to even begin? Okay, first thing that I really recommend to folks is um, you're going to do a tiny bit of research. You're going to pick five to ten accounts that you love a lot. Um, and you're going to start to figure out why you love them. What are they doing? Is it their visuals? Is it their messaging? What, how are they showing up? Um, what is it about them that really inspires you? Um, and really take that information and see how you can develop it into your own Instagram. Um, so for instance, something that I like to do is I follow some really big accounts, kind of like that you're talking like that, that kind of intentional living, like I swear these people just live in England and frolic in dresses. I'm not totally <laughs> sure what they're doing all day, um, but I still can't get enough of it. Right. So I save them to a folder on my Instagram saves called accounts yeah. to, to connect with. And what I do with those accounts is I see who's also following them. 
what are people comment, especially the commenters, not just the likes, but the commenters, what are people saying and who is commenting and then going into their profiles and seeing what they're doing and, and engaging with them. Um, you can just start to, to, to gain information about how you want to show up. Do you want to, do you think you want to do video? Do you want to do reels? Are you following a lot of people that are doing beautiful reels, right? Maybe that's something you want to try or, or maybe it's um, showing up in your Instagram stories. Maybe you love when people do like, like talk like into their stories and just like be silly or, or, or just kind of share their day and then feel really comfortable. Like what, what are the things that are really standing out to you that you love about certain people? It is important to, to take, to take note. Um, and there's this, there's a lot of, of topic for debate in the art community about, um, what is inspiration and what is, um, you know, plain copying. Oh people. man, that this, is this such will, a hot conversation. Oh my gosh. I have so much fire be, about that. People are too a, sensitive. I mean, sometimes they're not, sometimes it's fair, yes. but honestly, overall, they're just being too fucking sensitive. Like there There's is no new design. There is no new design. Where did you get your shit from? Anyways, go ahead, go ahead, go it ahead. Is, it I'll is stop. going to be the debate for a lifetime. We yeah. will have this debate for a lifetime. But the the thing that you can do when you're first learning or first starting out is to emulate people. Um, Ooh, good word. Good you, word. You just, you, it's okay, especially photography. This is a huge photography tip for people. Um, if you like a photo, recreate it exactly. You don't have to post it. And if you do, you could take the person and say, I'm legitimately copying this because I'm trying to learn photography and I have to start learning how people are doing this. And the more that you start doing that, you start to realize, oh, this was later in the day. And look at the darkness and the shadows that really played with that. Or look at the tones of the white background. Maybe that's why I really like the photo. You really actually do have to start copying people. Um, you don't have to steal from them. You don't have to have it be a, a, a gross and you don't have to, you know, um, take credit. It doesn't have to be something. The whole purpose of Instagram is influencing people. That is mm. the whole purpose. So if I'm influencing someone to create art, what a beautiful thing. I started selling my Instagram pre or my, uh, my Lightroom presets. Oh yeah. Those have been really popular. They have been really popular. And I've, and people have been like, how are you? Like you're, you're giving away like you're and I'm like, yeah, you know what I am because one, I don't have the energy to create something that I am not using and, and have people like they're popular because they work because I use them and I know yeah. that they work because I use them. That's why they, that's why they're popular. And because of those presets, there is art out there that people have created because they were inspired. And that's insane and amazing and beautiful. And I cannot believe that I have inspired people to create these kind of things. Um, I decided to hire someone to make uh, like story filters from my presets, which you can do. So cool. I checked the stats yesterday. 1.5 million people have looked at wow. art that has been created with the Instagram story presets. Like that is insane to me the stats on these things are incredible and like this is free content I'm not getting paid right. or anything have, you, have you gotten any more followers from that um I don't I think so like a little bit yeah like, you don't like seem a, like someone like that a, pays attention too closely <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's, 
it's definitely hard to like to um to track certain things i did get a lot of followers from a giveaway with herbal academy oh yeah Um, yeah so that was amazing i i broke that 10k mark but it's really beautiful to influence people to create something cool like actually that's a really cool thing that instagram does for us and so if you're learning something it's you don't have to you know come up with this new and insanely never done before incredible unique it's like it's it's okay it's okay to to um learn and you learn by doing and you learn by figuring it out and the best way to figure it out is to find something you love and try to try to create that and at the end of the day guess what happens you have your own influences and things that are going to change that that design or that photo or whatever you're making, what, like whatever your craft is, um, because we're not all exactly the same, right? We all have our different take. We all have our different view on something. We all have our different perspective and no matter what, that's going to come through. So yes, don't blatantly steal people's stuff. Um, but you can take inspiration from them. You can give them credit. You can change things about it. Um, but it's okay. That's the whole purpose. Why are we sharing things and not expecting people to be influenced by it? I mean, we're all Instagram influencers. If we post something, it's going to influence someone to to do it or or buy it. How how many times does that happen even on personal accounts? Right. They're like, oh, I've been thinking about buying that. Like, where'd you get that? That's just an, we're just human beings. So it's okay to try things out, find accounts you really love and and practice based on how you want your aesthetic to look really just keep practicing just keep just keep finding the things that you want to replicate and figure out how to make it your own at some point it happens eventually it really does happen eventually Mm. okay we've been here that that was so juicy I don't want to roll it over but just you know maybe like the the quick version because we have talked about this a little bit with Lizzie but I want to know what your thoughts on are the brand experience as far as like business, like internal, like those one-on-one interactions. Where where do you think would a, a good starting spot would be there? A good practice would be to actually listen. Ooh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. We're all very. We're trying to prove ourselves, right? We're trying to. We're trying to. The the quote like in this industry, in all business industry, is to, um, you know, gain, um, like, be an expert which right. is kind of a stroke of our own ego of like, let me tell you what you need. And there's a, it's a balance. It's hire me because I've, I've done the education because I have a background in stuff that you haven't had a chance to learn, but also listen to people too and, and really hear their story and, and try to create things that are for people, not for you to show off necessarily. Mm. So maybe start, start by listening, start by communicating with people and really, and having real conversations um, that are just normal conversations. There there doesn't always have to be an ulterior motive. Um, Just be your, be yourself. Oh my gosh, cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's true though. No, it's true though. You have to be in the present. I think that's what you're leaning into more than anything else is it's like, yes, be yourself, but more so be present with people and yeah, don't just assume that that 
you just like, you know what they're going to need. Meet them where they're at. Let it be more intuitive. You can have a foundation of the way that you work with your peeps, but just let you, let you be present with them. And as you said earlier, you know, before we're constantly evolving. So if it keeps changing every six months, it's not a bad sign. It's just actually, it's probably anything, a good sign because you're keeping up with it. You're evolving. Your clients are evolving the bell shape. You know, you're getting more comfortable with the whole entire bell shape, all of those things. It's just really about being present with them and not making assumptions about what the present will be. Yes. I think that's the thing that we get trapped in sometimes. Like the the stuff that I've had the most difficulty with is when I've projected my own vision for someone and it never resonated. Well, of course it didn't resonate because I projected my own vision on something based on my ego or based on what I thought that I wanted to create versus what I thought versus based what they actually needed. So you have to, you have to kind of let, let it, you have to surrender a little bit. You have to show up and and give them your skill set but it's a co-creation too you know Mm. thousand percent this okay i just want to be mindful of time because listeners you've been here for like a minute (laughs) like wow i mean honestly though this conversation has been so incredible this i think is our longest episode yet oh my gosh um, sorry guys (laughs) sorry but also like not sorry because it's so good i mean this is Honestly, Jess, and I've thought about this before, and I may have already told you this, but if you were to teach a class on the brand experience, I think it would explode like fire. I I really think it would. It's so wild to me. I'm I'm honored. You're just so in tune with it. You know, you're just so you're so in tune with it. You're you're so with it. Um, The brand experience is is the thing, the thing that I talk about with my brand strategy clients. It's, it's absolutely the thing that I bring home every single time because it's so important. And it's, I think, what you were speaking to, the intuitive elements of it and just the, the spaces. And I really wanted – I'm so grateful that you were able to really ground those beginning moments. And, it, of course, dear listeners, I have that in the site show notes. What are you thinking? Of course. Um, but, right, you know, like I'm so glad that you were able to do that because I, I think that's the hardest part is knowing where to start and what we talked about before in that perfectionistic element, right? We get so scared to start because it has to be perfect. But yeah. all it is is it's about those moments and let's go on a walk, you know, let's let's have mm-hmm. this time together. And yeah. again, removing the assumption of what you think the present will be and just be in the present. I mean, gosh, mm-hmm. the endless juices, uh <laughs> treats gems uh candy right that chocolate that we have gotten out of this episode in the presence of you has just been incredible um dear listeners you know the spiel but i'm gonna say it bitch bitch i'm gonna say it we need to be in simpatico um <laughs> just did not get paid to be here with me and she's been here with me for a minute okay um if you loved what just had to say Please take this as an invitation. Please take action. Send her a message. Send her a DM on the Instas. Let her know what's cry. going on. I would cry if someone listened to this and said, and said that, oh my gosh. That Please, someone take, accept that challenge. <laughs> Please, someone accept that challenge and, and make Jess cry with glee. Um, and, and just let her know that how this impacted you. Of course, you know, you can leave a review, but just go ahead and let her know. Let her know what's <laughs> up. Um, and just, just thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we're speechless now. Speechless now. Thank just with you gratitude. For having me. 
I never, I never have long format combos, so this is so nice. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm stuck by myself all the time. Just, you know, <laughs> designing away for folks. Um, so yeah. it's like, oh yeah, there's human beings. There's humans. <laughs> I can talk. There's to. someone more than my cat and uh, my husband. Yeah, yes. there's more people. So nice. <laughs> okay, so dear listeners, you know me. I'll just, I'll leave you here all day. So I'm gonna save you. I'm gonna save Jess. And until next time, ooh, dear listeners, I will talk to you then.